Well, hey, this is Joey Furjanic, lead pastor of the Block Church. I want to thank you for joining us today. It's an honor to share this time together with you. We hope this message will touch, impact, and transform your life and help take us one step further on our journey to revive every block. Hey, church, how we doing today? Well, amen. Welcome again, all of our locations, those online. My name is Joey. I'm the lead pastor right here. Made a good decision to be in the house of God today. And we are in a series called It's Gonna Take all of us. And we're studying the book of Haggai in the Old Testament. Uh, today's week four. Uh, our final week is next week, week five. And I hope you've been blessed by and enjoyed this series. I think as I look at the scriptures this week, next week, best messages of the series. So let's all finish strong together next week. Be in the house of God. And uh, I believe you're going to hear from the Lord today. It's going to be a winning word, a winning word. We're going to have a winning day. And uh, on this beautiful Kelly Green weekend. So, um, okay. Uh, got a ticket the other day and uh, expensive ticket. And um, well, it came in the mail because I didn't get pulled over. It was, it was like a camera thing. It wasn't a, a light. And, and, I, and please don't boo me. Uh, I, I got a ticket because I passed a bus. And, and it, it was a two-lane, yellow, two-lane, two uh, yellow line, whatever. So I don't even think the bus was stopped, okay? And so, but I passed. And anyway, got the ticket, expensive ticket. Well, I opened it up and immediately, immediately, I was like, my wife did this. <laughs> like, I know for a fact, Lauren did this. And, and so I, and so I, well, I was waiting for her to get home. I was waiting, I was waiting, I was waiting. Did you get home? Before the greeting, I was like, hey, I was like, hey, got expensive, t- you got, you got a ticket, you got expensive ticket, here, look. And, and so she's of course annoyed now that I didn't appropriately and properly greet. And, uh, and uh, she's like, well, first of all, that's not me. That's you. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like it's, it's, I, it's definitely like, look, I, I can tell it's you or whatever. Like I'm looking at the picture, very expensive. Going to have to miss some purchases here. <laughs> and she's like, this ain't you. Or this isn't, this ain't me. And so I'm like, yes, it is. And like, I'm just, I'm like, we're pulling up our calendars. Like I'm trying to prove this. And she's like, I'm going to pull up the main receipts. I've got it on ring. And so, uh, of course, <laughs> and so I'm like, I'm like, I don't even know how to look at, like, I don't even know if we could do that. So anyway, so she, she's like flipping, you know, <laughs> anyway, it was good to know because if I ever sneak out with my golf clubs, I'm going to get caught, you know, but I digress. So anyway, she's like, look at the time. And like, it's me just happily getting out of the car and the same time as the ticket on the thing. So of course I'm like a dog with his tail between his legs because I know I'm in trouble. And I'm expecting to feel the full force of the wrath of my spouse. But instead, she gracefully, lovingly, mercifully smiled <laughs> and relished in her victory. And uh, 
I deserved to be beaten with a wooden rod, the cuchara to come out and just... But she gave me grace, even when I didn't deserve it. It reminded me of the grace of God on our lives that so many times we don't deserve a second chance. We don't deserve God's blessing and he gives it to us anyway. So today I want to preach a message titled Undeserving. And I want you to look at somebody next to you, every location. And I want you to look them in the eyes and say, I don't deserve you. I don't deserve you. Some of you are like, oh, not true. They don't deserve me. Get saved. Come on, look at your spouse. This is marriage coaching. Marriage with the Mitchells right here. I don't deserve you. You know, one of the greatest and most beautiful truths of Christianity is that we don't deserve the grace we're given. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were, while we were not a part of his family, he chose and predestined to adopt us. When we made our bed, in hell, when we made our, our life a mess, he comes in to rescue us. When we deny him and say no to him, he loves us anyway. And we see that in the story of God's people in the book of Haggai. You know, God asks them, I want you to go back to the land I've prepared for you. They come out of exile and I want you to build my house. I want you to build my house before you build your house. I want you to make it a priority to set up the temple where I dwell, where you come. And then you can build your whole life around that. And the people, of course, do their thing first. But we're gonna see here God's blessing in spite of it. I'm going to start at verse four, chapter two. We've moved to chapter two now. Bible says, but now the Lord says, be strong, Zerubbabel. Be strong, Jeshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Be strong, three times. All you people still left in the land. And now get to work, for I am with you, says the Lord of heaven's armies. My spirit remains among you, just as I promised when you came out of Egypt. So do not be afraid. I love this. Right here in chapter two, God's recapping everything he said in chapter one, build my house, okay? And as you do what I ask you to do, I'll take care of you. Be strong, be strong, be strong. Get to work. Do not be afraid. Uh, I uh, obviously am a big football fan. I played football in college. I've played football all my life. I probably should have been a football coach uh, just because it's all I think about. And, you know, when I'm watching the game, I'm calling every play and I'm, you know, thinking about it. And, uh, you know, uh, Sharon, she's uh, one of our staff members in the, in the worship ministry. And uh, she has been watching all these Netflix, you know, things on football. And she's like, I'm really into football now. I'm like, I'm so proud of you, Sharon, you know. She's like, I just love football culture. And I was like, so do I. And she's like, I was like, you know, Sharon, she's our, she was our third staff member, me, then Grace, then Sharon. I said, you know, Sharon, I've been trying to run this organization as if it was a football program and I'm the head coach. 
She's like, I know. I told Jeff, my husband, that. It's like a football program around here. And I was so proud of that. Some people don't like that. I had, I had friends over that go to the church. We were watching the, the, the game last week or whatever that was. And, uh, and, and, and she's like, you know, I just felt like I was in a locker room. And she was like, get to work. You know, she was like, you were yelling at us, but I loved it. I was like, well, you know, some people don't always love that, but I am who I am. And I'm going to coach us through the word of God. Amen. But you know, in a lot of ways, a lot of ways, like that's exactly what the prophet is doing. He, he's repeating the game plan from God. And he's like, hey, God, this is the game plan. Build God's house. Build the temple. Build the kingdom. Make that your first priority. Okay, do that. I'm God. I'll take care of everything else. Okay? And while you do that, you're going to come up against opposition. Okay? You will. But when you do... Be strong, right? I, I, am, I have given you all strength. I am God. I, I am strong in you. Be strong. Get to work. Don't quit. And don't be afraid. I didn't give you a spirit of fear. I'm with you, says the Lord. And I just want to encourage you today, if you ever wonder what you're supposed to do with your life, or you're ever discouraged, or if you need a mantra to get up in the morning, here it is. Be strong. Get to work. Don't be afraid. Another language, don't waste your life. Let's go. Get up, be strong, get to work. Don't be afraid. God's with you. He's for you. He's your father. And he can be strong with you and for you. He can help you work because he's called you to it. Don't be afraid. So that's essentially what, what God's saying. And, and, and that's really, as we kind of conclude this book, they're going to get to work. In verse 10, on December 18 of the second year of King Darius's reign, the Lord sent this message to the prophet Haggai. This is what the Lord of Heaven's army says. Ask the priests this question about the law. If one of you is carrying some meat from a holy sacrifice in his robes, that's how I carry meat with my robe. His robe happens to brush against some bread or stew, wine or olive oil or any kind of food, it will also become holy. The priest replied, no. Will it? It's a question. Then Haggai asked, if someone becomes ceremonially unclean by touching a dead person and then touches any of these foods, will the food be defiled? And the priest answered, yes. Now this seems a little bit odd and like sideways energy here. We're building the church. Now we're talking about clean and unclean. Will it become holy? Will it become unclean? This is important. Haggai questioned the priest. Now the priests were used to being questioned because the law of Moses uh, was complicated and it had a lot to it. So they're asking about the transmission of holiness and impurity. And the priests answer correctly. Holiness is not contagious, but impurity is. In other words, like if a sick child goes near another child who's well, the child could get sick. But if a healthy child is near a healthy child, is the child going to get healthy? Excuse me, if a healthy child is near a sick child, is he going to get healthy or is he going to get sick? In other words, what they're saying is these are God's laws. This is the rules of the world. This is how it works. Uh, sick and health, a positive and a negative equals a negative. Um, of course, this 
is the Old Testament way of religion. Now, I want to say something because God's laws and the laws of nature that God created are true and they're good and we should observe them. When we don't observe the natures, the, the laws that God created in nature, we end up with problems. We end up in confusion. You see that across the globe. Um, and so I think this is true in that, like, hey, if you listen to dirty music, that's all you listen to, music with language, it's probably what's going to come out of you. If all you're watching is, is, is stuff that has impurity and it's, and it's dark and it's, it, it's constant nudity and all this different stuff, like this is the kind of stuff that you'll end up pursuing. Why? Because uh, what, you, what you eat, you, you know, that's kind of what you become. What you feed grows, what you starve dies. So these are really good principles, really important. So in a sense, does, does bad company corrupt good morals? It certainly can. Okay. So are the rules and principles of the Old Testament bad? Not necessarily. There, there's some goodness there. There's some truth there. Is the Old Testament and the law bad? No. Do we throw out the Old Testament? No. Can we receive God's word and preach and live on the principles from the Old Testament? Yeah, okay. But I wanna help you here, and this is important for where we're going and why we are so undeserving is how do we view the Old Testament? How should we view it? Well, I look for the three C's. This is what I call the three C's in the Old Testament. Here's the first one. We're looking for Christ in the Old Testament. That's the first one. We're always looking to see where Christ is revealed. Is there prophecy of Christ? Do you see a picture of Christ? We're looking for Jesus in the Old Testament. That's C number one. Here's C number two. We're looking for God's character because God's character doesn't change. And you see God's character here. You see God's character there. Third one is, is we're looking for timeless principles that carry over that carry over. So three examples of timeless principles. Number one, the 10 commandments are timeless and they carry over. For instance, never a good idea to cheat on your spouse. That's a classic principle that carries over, right? I mean, you, you could go down the list, right? I mean, tithing, that is an old and a new Testament principle that benefits and blesses your life. Here's another one, the devil and his character. Well, the devil is the same idiot and loser and liar in the Old Testament as he is in the New Testament. So, so these, are, these are just examples of things that you're looking for, Christ, God's character, and things that carry over from the old and the new. That's, that's what we're looking for. So it certainly does apply. But when it comes to certain laws in the law of Moses, I love Galatians 3.13. Christ purchased our freedom and redeemed us from the curse of the law and its condemnation, the guilt of it, by becoming a curse for us, for it's written. Cursed is everyone who hangs crucified on a tree. So this is, this is really important because the reality is, is without Jesus, without Christ crucified, if we wanted to be right with God, 
If we wanted God's pleasure, blessing, freedom, if we wanted all these things, you and I would have to be perfect and we would have to abide by every detail, every, as the Bible says, jot and tittle in the King James of the Old Testament law. And the reality is, is you and I just not good enough. You and I can't do it. In our own flesh, at some point, you will miss the mark and it's possible that you might sin. Wait a second. The Bible says that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So the reality is, is we're already guilty and there was really no way to be made right with God except a bunch of sacrifices that you're going to have to keep doing over and 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 over. And the problem with the law is, is that I've got to be so perfect that if I get around anything that's unclean, I'll be unclean as well. We were cursed from the womb, from, from birth, cursed. But because of Jesus Christ, the son of God, the savior of the world, the resurrected king, come on somebody, because of him, he takes on the curse on the tree fulfills the law right and, and actually invites a new law which is grace which actually grace has a higher standard hate to break it to you okay all of these things but at the end of the day in our failures when we confess our sin he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness making us right holy and even perfect before god isn't that crazy? Here's the best part, that now your holiness and your righteousness and your spirit-filled living is now contagious to those who aren't. It flips it on its head. Where now you don't have to worry so much about being constantly unclean and sick. No, you're not obligated to sin. In fact, the Holy Spirit in you can help influence those who are sick and be the doctor that makes them well, bringing them Jesus. That's good news. The reality is though, I don't deserve that. I didn't deserve Jesus to go to the cross for me. I don't deserve to be able to build his church. I don't deserve to be standing here before you today. I don't deserve to be a spouse. I don't deserve to be a father. I don't deserve to be a pastor. I don't deserve any of those things. And that doesn't mess with my psyche. It doesn't mess with my uh, confidence. In fact, what it does is it instills more confidence in me that God would use a messed up person like me to lead this group. That God would use somebody like you to have a family, to be a father, a friend, a kingdom builder. Like... It's crazy to think about. That should build your confidence. Because all through scripture, God's using messed up people. He's using the worst of the worst to bring out the best of the best. That's so good. Verse 14, then Haggai responded, this is how it is with the people in this nation, says the Lord. Everything they do and everything they offer is defiled by their sin. Look at what's happening to you before you began to lay the foundation of the Lord's temple. When you hoped for a 20 bushel crop, you harvested only 10. When you expected to draw 50 gallons from the wine press, you found only 20. Now, a little note there because we're in weird economic times. Um, and 
I, I think, you know, I think a lot of people make bad investments and they expect a good harvest. They make bad investments into their children or no investments at all, which is a bad investment, a bad investment into their free time, a bad investment into their marriage, a bad, and then get on the other side of it and be like, why am I only getting return of 20? Why am I only getting this or that? And, and it's like, listen, what you sow, you will reap. It's just the laws of nature. Again, if you sow confusion and then you try to do things outside of God's design, well, you're going to then get chaos in return. In their scenario here, I think this is very interesting, is the people of God believe if we just get to the Holy Land, if we just get out of slavery, if we just get to the land that God promised us, well, we will be holy, we will be righteous, we will be blessed. That, that's what they believe. And by itself, it was not bad. Listen to me. By itself, it was not bad for them to have this like, hey, when we get there, like, you know, this is, this is where God wants us. Sometimes I fall into that trap. I'm like, when we have a big home, oh, it'll all be great. Well, then we'll probably have a roof leak or something. You know, it's like, it's like, it's like, it's like, that, that part of it, you know, like it's, it's not, it's God calls us to certain places and locations, but that doesn't mean it's all finished when we get there. See, these people, when they got there, they started taking care of them first, not God's business first. And they thought, well, everything was fine, but, 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 the, but the laws of the kingdom, the laws of creation said, you're making bad investments. And because you're investing in yourself first, you are not reaping, you are not living fully blessed. You are not living in full peace. You are not living in, in full promise. So you're here where I promised you, but you're not living right while you're there. And sometimes I think we think that, well, if I just go to church or if I go to group or if I give it an offering, like I'm doing righteous things, I'm good. But as God's been saying this whole time, if your heart is not right, if your priorities are not me, then all the stuff you do, it's honestly just filthy rags. It, it's, it's just, it's just, it's just blah. It's just Actions. It's, 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 just, it's just religious stuff to make you righteous, but you can't make you righteous, only Jesus can. Uh, sometimes I get caught up in this. Uh, sometimes I get caught up in the dead religion mindset where I think I deserve things because I'm pastor and super Christian. I'm a vet in the kingdom. Somebody just said, oh, wow, okay. <laughs> I don't know who that was, but usher them out, security, get them out of here. The dishonor. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's probably a guest. Great. Um, okay. But I, but stop. But here's the thing. I'm not as quick to consider my own sin as I am my position. So I, I'm a lot more. I consider my position and place when I'm not receiving all that I should have or when I'm wrong before I consider my own sin and what God's trying to do in me.
And I think that's a lot of times what, what we do is we're like, we're, we're so arrogant even when we can't fully confess it or we think we are, where it's just like, God, I'm, I'm, I'm at church. I get here once every four weeks. Like, what do you want out of me? Like, I'm awesome. No, God, like I give, I, I give $20 in the offering like three times a month. God, I go to group every other semester. Like I, I've served one time this past year or even I serve every week. And so we just naturally, our tendency is to get in the flesh and get prideful. And what God is looking at and looking for is not just religious activity, but the posture and the status of your heart. Your heart. It's not what you do that makes you right with God or righteous. It's really how you do it. It's why Jesus says in Matthew 15, 8, he says, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Now, I, there's a tension here. A lot of things in our journey with God is not a problem to be solved, but it's a tension to be managed. Because the reality is, is yes, you should be doing the right and righteous things. But just because you do the right and righteous things, it doesn't make you right and righteous with God. The challenge is, because in our culture, it's natural for us to be like, well, like if I'm not feeling this, like if that's not where my head and my heart is, like I'm just going to keep it real and I'm going to be authentic. So I'm not going to do any of the right things because I don't feel like doing the right things. So that here's the tension because it's like, okay, am I a hypocrite because I'm doing the right things, but I don't feel that way? Is my heart far from God? It's a tension to be managed because a lot of times the right feelings follow the right actions. So I'm not telling you that religious activity in and of itself is bad. I'm just telling you as fast and as much as you do this, God have my heart. God be my priority. God, I worship you. God, I want to spend time with you. God, I need you. Like God help my motives and my heart posture keep up with my religious activity. Because the thing is, it's like you're, when you don't feel like going to church, that's when you probably should be there the most. When you don't feel like serving, probably when you should serve the most. When you don't feel like saying sorry, probably when you should say sorry the most. When you don't feel like giving, probably when you should give the most. Like when you don't feel like doing these. And so forget this, I'm inauthentic stuff. Like do what God's asked you to do. And also God, please make my heart right. God, I want to do this and please you. God, I'm doing this for you, not for other people. When I got to turn that other cheek, God, it's for you. You were crucified and hung on a tree and took the pain. I can take a smack in my face because I'm honoring you. It's, it's, it's not a problem you can solve. It's a tension that you're constantly going to manage. Verse 17. I sent blight and mildew and hail to destroy everything you work so hard to produce. This is God. Even so. And just, just pause there. Verse 17 for a second. Like, guys... Like the devil doesn't always ruin your day and make everything bad. Sometimes you ruin your day and make things bad. And sometimes, and like, trust me, I hate the devil and I want to blame him for everything, but sometimes it's just me acting like him. 
sometimes, very few. It's just like right there. Very, like, but it's like, it's like, it's like, like, but, but here's, here's the rules. Like, here's the laws of the kingdom. Here's the laws of nature. Like, you didn't sow, so you're not now harvesting. Like, you sowed bad seed, so here's what it's producing. Hail, blight, I don't know what that is, mildew. I don't want mildew. Even so, you refuse to return to me, says the Lord. Think about this 18th day of December, the day when the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid. Think carefully. Verse 19. I am giving you a promise now while the seed is still in the barn, while it's in the ground. You have not yet harvested your grain and your grapevines, fig trees, pomegranates, and olive trees have not yet produced their crops, but... From this day onward, I will bless you, my God. The thing is, is for over a decade, doing it my way, doing it my way, doing it my way, doing it my way, doing it my way. And God is still communicating with them. God is still involved with them going, okay, I know, here's another chance. Like, you don't deserve this, but I, even while you're putting and not putting seed in the ground, I'm ready to bless you and pour out. What's the difference? Because, listen to me, because of their renewed obedience, God promises his full blessing. Finally, years and years later, and through this discourse with God, finally the people are like, okay, my bad. Please forgive me and don't just forgive me. I am going to repent now. I'm going to turn all the way around from my sin and we're going to get to work on what you've called us to do. We are going to be strong. We're going to get to work. We're not going to be afraid. And God goes, bam. Because you've repented, because you're turning, because you are now saying, I am priority one, I am going to pour out all of me on all of you. That's how I want to live, under an open heaven. But what then is true or full blessing? Another tension. Because ultimately, full blessing, true blessing is being at peace being right in full obedience with God. It is contentment with God. I know you don't want to hear that. I, I, I know you thought full blessing was winning the billion dollar lotto. And if you play, just don't forget God. But the thing is, it's like, yeah, stuff, money, increase, our vats and barns and things full, like all that. Great. But like, Full blessing is the fact that these people, they tried to yield 50, but they only yielded 20. They have luxury homes, but they have a hole in their soul. See guys, 5%, it's not that there isn't a portion of that being blessed, it's just not fully blessed. Like having it all, having it all, but fully stressed, panicking, Worrying? Like, are you really blessed at all? Or are you just striving, trying to get something that only God can sustain? 
And I think the point is, is God wanted to grant them vision and joy and increase and favor and contentment and hope and right standing and true purpose. And the thing is, is many people have stuff. They got things. We got things, but it's false blessing. It's not fully blessed. Why? Because as Jesus said, you can gain the whole world, but lose your soul. So the reality is, is you can take stuff and you can have floods and buildings can collapse and cars can go and all that stuff and you can still find yourself fully blessed when you're obedient to God because outcome is his problem. And too many of us are focused on attaining and acquiring and that's not what fully blessed is. Fully blessed is contentment and peace going, I'm good with God and when God wants to pour out over me, then I'm good with that too. Friends, don't live your whole life pursuing, chasing, and gaining the whole world that for you will last 70, 80, 90, 100 years, but lose your soul or live your whole life with a hole, a God-shaped hole in your heart where it's you live in luxury, you live in good, you got every shoe, you got everything you need, except the one thing that you need. when our priorities are back in order with Jesus and we're seeking his kingdom that all these things, fool and good things are added where's Jesus in all this it's pretty easy Jesus says when you seek first the kingdom everything else will be added Jesus is asking the same thing that God was asking Do I have your heart? And if I don't have your heart yet, will you give me your heart? Our works, friends, can't save us. We can't earn his love. But listen to me. Repentance is required in order for forgiveness to be granted. And the same goes with blessing. Obedience is required for full blessing to be sustained in our life. The heart of God in the book of Haggai, and I'm I'm closing, it desires an authentic and active faith that prioritizes him. This is the same standard that Jesus has for you and I. But even though we consistently at times place our own needs And once above his lordship, the grace that Jesus shows us is a kind that we don't deserve. We are so undeserving of his forgiveness, of his blessing, of his love, of his mercy, of the authority he gives us in the kingdom. Friends, we don't deserve the kids we have. We don't deserve the jobs we have. We don't deserve the spouses we have. We don't deserve the church we're in. We don't deserve the opportunities that God pours out. We don't deserve the second chance and the third chance and the fourth chance and the fifth chance. We don't deserve it every time, but Jesus stands at the door and he knocks and he says, I want to come in and make your life my home. I'm undeserving of that. And then God goes even further. 
He's like, I want to live in you. I, I want to reign in you. I, I want to live my life, the Holy Spirit is saying, through you. But God takes it a step further because he's a father and he can't help himself. He doesn't just want to live in us and save us and redeem us. He wants to individually and communally as a body. He wants to bless us. And that part is even harder sometimes for me to digest. Because I'm like, it's, it's, it's not enough that God wants to save me and redeem me from hell and give me an eternity with him, but he wants to bless me in this life. He wants to use me in this life. He, he wants to make something of this mess, of this rubble. I can't get over that. God tells the people to trust that from this day on, I will bless you. I think something that we have to hold to our hearts, friends, as we're doing the right things and as we're guarding the motives of our heart, that when God pours out his blessing, it's his timetable. And we have to just keep going, keep being obedient, stay at his feet, pray in all things because when you put seed in the ground, kingdom seed in the ground, God is not a liar and it will never come back empty in Jesus' name. I'm gonna close today. And um, I did wanna say that, um, continue to pray for us. We are obviously in Here to Stay, which is our two year vision campaign. We're a year in and we are raising additional dollars, as you know, or maybe you don't know, we're raising money so that we can revive every block forever. We're here to stay so that we can continue to revive every block. Some of how that plays out, not all of it, some of it plays out with the church securing its future by having a home and homes of her own. And we've made some moves in some areas. One of the biggest needs we have is a broadcast facility, the largest facility of our churches, if you will, that will allow us to not only broadcast more efficiently, but will also allow us to have conferences and offices, events, serve our city and our community and our region better. I mean, we gotta have this as a church family for the future. And so we've invited you to give and for some take a step in giving for the first time for some elevate your giving to be a tither to give above and beyond and you'll continue to hear this periodically and but i want to close this time there's there's actually a commitment card on your chair and there will be a qr code that comes on the screen in the next moment and the card's simple. It shows our goal of 6.275. It shows that we need to raise about 1.9 still. If you've never committed anything, I would pray, I would invite you to consider joining us and making a commitment. Maybe you're like, I want to elevate my commitment after last year. I've gotten a raise. God's done some things. I want to make some changes. If you've already committed, you don't need to fill this out. But there are opportunities for you to take steps. Maybe you have stored assets. Listen, in a tough economy, no better place to invest in the kingdom of God. And those who have know it's true. So what we're going to do is, is we're actually going to watch Scott and Lisa's story, which I think will really encourage you after that. 
We're just gonna sit and be still. The worship team is going to sing a song over you. We're gonna just take some time in our seats to think about the Lord, be thankful. Remember, we're undeserving for some. We're gonna fill out this card or take a picture of the QR code to come back to it and pray over it later. But I just wanna pray God's blessing over you today. Father, thank you for gathering your church and your people. Thank you for what you're doing in our church and in this city. Thank you that the best is ahead. Thank you that you're saving people and healing people. Thank you that you're moving in our midst. God, would you bless your people today and speak to them in Jesus' name. Thanks so much for joining us today. I especially want to thank those of you who give generously to help us revive every block. If you enjoyed this message, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, screenshot it, and post your social stories and tag us at The Block Church. We'd love to hear from you and how you found this encouraging and inspiring. Thanks again, and God bless you.